This podcast is not sponsored or supported by any business or organization. The views reflected on these podcast episodes are my own. Please be aware I am not a medical expert, travel agent, or any other kind of expert. Hey everyone, welcome to the E Explore Love podcast. I'm Ashley. This podcast is based off of my blog of the same name, Eat, Explore, Love. It talks about the unique challenges in traveling around the world when you have celiac disease. Due to sort of popular demand, I decided to also record a podcast to delve a little deeper into my travels and the lessons learned along the way. Thank you for joining another podcast episode with me. Sofia is a city in Bulgaria that was an interesting experience for me. Seeing Sofia was not on my radar originally. I never had plans to go there, and I'm not exactly sure I'm happy I went. I mean, no disrespect to those that live in the city of Sofia. The people were lovely. It was just a difficult moment in my life. We'll talk about that a little bit more on this episode of Eat, Explore, Love, the podcast. Good food is a celebration of life. I had a little bit of a hard time with eating in Sofia, and I think that definitely colored my ability to enjoy my time there. I also just didn't feel safe, but that's for a different portion of this episode. It was very hard to find gluten-free restaurants or items in grocery stores, and I did eventually find one grocery store that did sell primarily gluten-free items, and it was called Joy Day. And I was using the Find Me Gluten-Free app to try and find different restaurants, and every time I went to a restaurant, the Find Me Gluten-Free app had failed me. They said, no, we have nothing gluten-free here. I don't know why they told us that. So I was having a pretty tough time finding food, and I went to this grocery store called Joy Day. And the woman that worked there was pretty friendly and understood English pretty well. And I asked her, are there any restaurants that you recommend that I go to? Because I'm having a very hard time finding food here. And she did give me some really great recommendations. So those are the places I'm going to talk about. There's a place called Cafeteria where I went and got different cake options that were gluten-free. They were really delicious. I tried to have a different cake every time I went. Uh, And it was really interesting in that I will say they do have a lot of cakes with coconut, and I'm usually not a fan of anything coconut flavored, but I really enjoyed the options I had at Cafeteria. Another place I ventured out to was Izzy's Cafe. I did get a little bit sick the second time I went, the first time I went. Both times I went, I ordered the same thing. I ordered uh, poached eggs with ham. And the first time I went, I had like, there weren't enough eggs to go along with the ham or something like that or vice versa. And so the second time I went, I asked for three slices of ham with my three poached eggs. And I ended up getting nine slices of ham. 
Uh, and I got a little bit sick the second time around. I also want to say they added rice cakes to the order, even though I didn't ask for it, and they added tomatoes and other things to my plate as well. So in addition to there being a tremendous amount of food, they also, when I asked if the rice cakes were still gluten-free, the waiter said, I think so. And I did try to avoid eating the rice cakes, but they had touched some of the other foods. So I'm not sure what made me got sick exactly. I also have a stomach condition called gastroparesis, which means that when I took the test to see if I was actually had gastroparesis, I ate toast and radioactive eggs to track my digestive tract. And at the end of four hours, your stomach is supposed to be functioning between zero and 10%, meaning it's finishing up digesting all the food. And my stomach was functioning at about 90% still. So I have very severe gastroparesis. And basically what they told me to do was to fix it was to snack throughout the day and not eat such big portions because that backs my stomach amount a tremendous amount. I also have IBS, so what you do to solve the gastroparesis will impact the IBS and make that worse. And whatever you do to fix the IBS makes the gastroparesis worse. And the symptoms with gastroparesis and IBS both very much mimic the symptoms of if you are accidentally glutened. So it's hard for me to tell of what is causing my symptoms to react that way and what happened to me. But I got severely nauseous the second time around and I do think it was more so to do with the amount of food I tried to eat as opposed to anything being contaminated, but anything is possible. So just something to be aware of. Be careful when you're ordering and making sure they don't, you know, experiment with the food that you're eating. Another place I ate at for dinner was Soul Kitchen uh, or I really had like a lunch dinner combination. They had different options for me that I'm used to. So I had tacos for an appetizer and pancakes for dinner. Although the staff wasn't too friendly there, I really enjoyed the food. Edgy Veggie is another burger place I went to and it was really good. I was dreaming about that burger after I would go and I had to go multiple times, but it made a total mess when you ate it, but it was so worth it. They did like their version of a Big Mac burger. I will say they do warn you that when you get the burger, it's not made. The buns are not made in a 100% gluten-free facility, but I did not have a reaction to it. But something for everybody else to be aware of, I was fine. And usually I'm pretty sensitive to cross-contamination, but if you are uber, uber sensitive, maybe it's not the place to try out. But I had the burger and was complete with the gluten-free bun and was completely fine. Vita Rama was probably one of the more expensive restaurants that I went to, uh, and it shared a building with the spa there. But it was some of the best options I had on my journey in Sofia. And the staff was really friendly and enjoyed having an American, I guess, eating at their establishment. Establishment. So they were really friendly and went above and beyond for all the dishes. So recommend you go to Vita Rama. Another place I went that was also expensive was Spaghetti Kitchen. And I don't really feel it was worth the money. It was... I ordered lamb chops and there were no meat. There was no meat on that bone at all. Um, and it was not too much for me to have. And the staff was not the friendliest. They didn't seem to really want to have to deal with me and my allergy. So I would... Just be aware, it was on the Find Me Gluten Free app, and so that's why I went. It was one of the few restaurants that I found on the Find Me Gluten Free app that did say, yes, we'll serve you gluten-free options, but they didn't seem to want to deal with me, so just be aware of that. 
So I only went on one tour in Sofia. There weren't really a lot of options and it was through the company Guru Walks. This is not a paid advertisement from them. This is just simply stating how I traveled and I love Guru Walks. It was recommended to me by Casey Rose. You can find her on TikTok. She's an American dancer. She worked in New York City for a while and now she's living as an American expat in Florence, Italy. And uh, I was lucky enough to get to talk with her and she is a lovely person. I highly recommend that you go. And if you have a trip in Italy, you go to her. Her name is Casey Rose. She gives a lot of really great tips while you're traveling. Again, this is not a paid advertisement. I just want to support the people I really appreciate. So she's the one that recommended Guru Walks to me. I love Guru Walks in that it offers free tours and basically you just have to make sure you bring cash for a tip because you're not paying for the tour and that's how the guides get paid their money is through your tips. So it's whatever amount of money you are able to or feel like paying to your tour guide. So really affordable way of traveling around the world like I have been doing. I really loved learning the history of Sofia. I loved how they transferred from communism into a different type of government format and how they are still suffering the effects of what communism did to the country of Bulgaria. I also loved listening, being able to hear people talk about politics in a way that you don't really find in America. In America, it's very, you don't talk about politics. You talk don't talk about religion, money, or politics. Those are the three things you should not speak about. And I think that's such a mistake and a lost opportunity. And I feel like the country of America is so divided because no one has learned to talk about politics and learn to see how other people talk. And being able to travel has made me smarter and how I talk about politics because I'm watching and learning how other people speak about very tough issues and still have respect for one another and can say, you know what, agree to disagree. And we will still support one another and walk hand in hand. And this is me making a general stereotype, but that is the general idea of what I'm seeing. And that's what I got to see on my tour in Sofia. So highly recommend you go. I believe the tour guide that I worked with was Chris and he was fantastic. I'm going to be honest, Sofia was the city where I had the most difficult time mental health wise. It is a very rundown city. It's not exactly put itself back together for reasons that I'm not knowledgeable enough to talk about on this podcast. But I do have a history with anxiety and depression and my way of combating that is to go outside, take walks go out and talk with people and reset myself. I didn't feel that I had that in Sofia, to be honest, as um, a white, small, tiny, single woman walking around the cities. There are certain cities I do not feel safe walking around by myself, especially at night. Sofia was unfortunately one of those cities where I just didn't feel comfortable walking around at night. So if I had a tough day at work, I couldn't go walk it off after work. I had to stay in this small apartment. And my view outside the apartment, I had a view of these mountains, which normally whenever you see views of mountains are so picturesque and beautiful. And unfortunately, the mountains I was looking at was still fall. There were no snow. It was just brown. And so everything I looked at when I looked out the window was just brown and gray. And I am someone that suffers tremendously from seasonal depression. And when the weather is not great, I'm in a lot of pain physically. 
it's harder for me to go out and walk and it was getting colder in Sofia. So I just had a very hard time and I was under very stressful circumstances, just was not getting great news and did not feel supported by family members or friends because they didn't understand what I was going through. So I had to find new ways of dealing with my triggers for anxiety and depression. And for me, it's even if I'm watching a TV show or a movie and they, I see different things <laughs> of what someone said to me in a, in a traumatic moment in my life, it will bring me back to that moment. And I have a harder time maybe than others in navigating that and getting of realizing that was just a TV or a movie that is not real life. I am not in that moment. You are not in the moment when you were going through that trauma. You are now past that. I have to, it takes me a lot more effort than others to work through all of that stuff. And again, walking outside, being outside, getting fresh air helps me with all of that. Being able to plan things. People always, I always offer, I will plan your wedding if you're getting married or if you're having a trip, I'm more than happy to help you plan the trip. And people think, oh, it's such a burden. I don't want to do that with Ashley, but they're not understanding that is a huge stress reliever for me of being able to work things out. So I didn't have all those things that usually help me release my stress. And on top of being in a city that was just gray and cold and just it added to the seasonal depression of it all and aggravating things and making things worse. I also think from the perspective of having celiac, like I spoke about in the eating section of this podcast, it was very difficult for me to find food, whether it be in groceries or it be with restaurants that I'm going to. And when I have a hard time eating, it really gnaws away at me and it really makes me feel defeated. I feel very upset about having to be in this gluten-free diet because it's not the diet I wanted to be on. It brings me back to the beginning of being diagnosed of I was not showing symptoms. I was diagnosed by mistake because my sibling was diagnosed with celiac disease and because it's hereditary, we all just went in for the test and I happened to have it as well. And I was not mentally prepared. It wasn't my choice of when I wanted to shift from a diet I was used to to this brand new diet. It opened a can of worms for me of all these other health issues that took into my late 20s to solve and figure out. And it really... It impacts me in a way that I think maybe other people have a much healthier way of looking at it and they maybe don't feel so defeated. But I think when people ask me in their first diagnosed, my thing that I always say to them is, it sucks. It is not the diagnosis that you ever want to have. Yes, be thankful you were not diagnosed with something like a peanut allergy where it is life-threatening if you eat peanuts or cancer. Of all the diagnosis that you can have as far as having celiac, it is the lesser of all the evils of something that you could be diagnosed with. But it still sucks because it is a lifestyle change that you do not necessarily want. And I feel like people don't really necessarily understand that. I feel that celiac is very much my identity and I feel like if people forget that I have celiac, it leads to a lot of potential problems for me. And people not respecting the fact that I have celiac has led to a lot of issues for me. So I introduce myself of, hi, I am Ashley. I have celiac disease. I have a gluten allergy. I am not in it for the trend. And I try to make a joke of it of like, I don't really choose this. This isn't what I want. It is my identity and it has shaped so much of who I am. I feel that I am an introvert because I was diagnosed with celiac because it's very stressful for me to go out and have fun and socialize with friends. It's very hard to go and travel because 
you have to be thinking at all times about making sure that you're eating safely. And this is something where people feel that I have control issues. And it's not that I have control issues because I feel the need to have a say in everything. I just am very petrified of missing out on opportunities or being in a position where I have to be in a bathroom for six hours because I'm getting sick. There are very real consequences to people not remembering that I have celiac disease. So that weighs on you after a while. And when you have a hard time finding food and being able to sustain you and function, it adds to depression and anxiety. Now, again, a lot of people deal with this and it is, I'm not special in any way that a lot of people have anxiety, a lot of people have depression, a lot of people have celiac disease and struggle to work their way through it with it. I have ways of dealing with it. Um, Performing used to be my way of dealing with all the emotions I had going on inside me. I used to act in my Long Island community theater groups and I loved it. If I was in a very depressing play in my personal life, I was the happiest I could ever be in my life because that was my way of releasing all the emotions. So unfortunately, that is an element of my life that is in the past. But who's to say that I can't go back to that in the future, but that was a very helpful way in dealing with it. Another way, like I said, I would go out on walks. That was very helpful in dealing with everything I have going on. Believe it or not, I did do a lot of running, but my IBS kind of stopped me from doing that and that. Just as running was starting to become something that was helpful in releasing a lot of emotions, my stomach was just like, "Uh uh-uh, we're gonna make sure every time you go for a run, you're gonna have to run to the bathroom. So unfortunately, I it's not so easy for me to go out and run, which again is hard for people like my father to understand. <laughs> Another thing that was helpful for me is therapy. There's so many stigmas for people in going to therapy and it was very life-changing. And I do think you need to shop around and find the right type of therapy for yourself and find the right therapist for yourself. And once you have that, it becomes really helpful. I heard Dak Shepard, who's an actor, also a host of a podcast called Armchair Expert. And he always says, you know, you if you have a car, you don't wait until the engine explodes to go and get your oil changed. You go and get your oil changed throughout so you don't have your engine explode. And I'm paraphrasing and not using the analogy probably in the most correct way, but hopefully you get the idea. So I don't go to therapy anymore on a weekly basis, but when I feel myself starting to feel a certain way and not be able to handle it and not be able to get myself past it, I go for tune-ups, so to speak, at this point of, hey, this is how I think I'm dealing with it. It doesn't feel healthy. What do you think? What are some better ways of dealing with it? And I highly recommend therapy. I think, you know, some people it has been really fantastic for. I have watched family members of mine go to therapy and come out the other side brand new people in the best way. And I can tell when they haven't gone for a while and I go, hey, hey, I think it's time for you to go. (laughs) I think it's time for you to go back. So that was one way of helping. So being in a different country, I don't necessarily have access to all my ways of dealing with it. So some ways of that I did deal with it of my mental health and figuring it out is I started scheduling out my weekends a little bit more when I was in Sofia. So that way I felt like I had a purpose and it forced me to go out during the daytime. I also put way more focus into this blog and this podcast. And that was a thing for me to plan and to focus on and be creative. And also just remembering, take things one step at a time. In my job, I am forced to see big picture and see one step at a time. 
and I do it in my life as well. When you see big picture, it becomes super overwhelming. And when I know there's not much I can do about it, I have to force myself to do things one step at a time because those simple one steps do allow me to take it one step at a time. And then I do feel like, okay, well, I can do something about this particular thing. And then one step at a time, those things slowly add up where your big picture problems become way smaller. Again, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a mental health expert, but hopefully my ways of dealing with it are incredibly helpful. I haven't figured out a way of dealing with the celiac of it all yet. That is still very overwhelming and still very stressful to me and still very much consumes my being while I travel. I try to travel with groceries. That can only do so much. You can only pack so many groceries when you travel around, Um, but I do my best. And I think sometimes you have to remind yourself, I'm doing the best I can and that's enough. So that's all I've got to say for this episode. It was a little bit gloom and doom and I'm very sorry for that, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless and hopefully there's some tips in there that help you out. And maybe if someone has better stories about Sophia, please feel free to reach out at higheatexplorelove at gmail.com. Unfortunately, I didn't have the best experience, but hopefully you do. Now here's for my wrap up questions. Do I feel the city is safe for those with celiac? Not particularly, no. My favorite place to eat was Edgy Veggie. Even though the buns aren't 100% gluten-free, I didn't have a reaction and I kept dreaming and thinking about that burger. Favorite memory from the experience was going on the tour. I found it very interesting in hearing different perspectives on history from the tour guide. Is this a city to vacation to or live in? Um... I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, but I don't feel that this is a city necessarily to vacation to or live in. I think that the city has a lot of building up to do, though, with all that said, tourism does help build up a city. So maybe if a bunch of people come to visit, it could start building itself back up again and becoming a beautiful, thriving place that people can vacation to and live in. Is this a place to relax or be active? Uh, There's a lot of walking to do, but I think that you can relax. I don't think that you need to be active in the traditional sense of the word. How are the people? Very kind. They were very kind to me. Uh, I was very appreciative. For the most part, people were kind. So I'm very appreciative of that. I didn't have the best experience in Sofia, which is a shame, but I hope I get to go visit again and get a different point of view on it. Hopefully it continues to grow and become a magnificent city, which I know it can be because it's so close to such beautiful parts of the country. So I hope that one day I get to go back and get a whole new perspective on it. Thank you for joining me this week for all the fun journeys and lessons learned on my big adventure called life. For more information on the different cities discussed, check out the blog posts on eatexplorelove.com posted every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you have any questions or fun stories to share, feel free to reach out at higheatexplorelove at gmail.com. Until next week, remember to eat well, explore the world, and love yourself. See you next time. This episode is produced, scripted, and edited by me. 
Ashley. Special thanks to Sarah Mienka.